0: going on guys welcome to yet another episode of two and a half gringos aka pittsburgh baseball now's very own podcast happy to be here today and i'm really excited for these questions because we have a mailbag episode and uh it took a little while for you guys to uh warm up to the idea but you flood you came flooding in with the questions thanks to nola's quote tweet and my retweet of his quote tweet um and we have a uh, Pretty good set list of questions here, but before we get into all of that, let me introduce my co hosts. Uh, not beside me, but I'd like to think so is Big Bear Anthony Murphy and Nola Jeffy. What's going on, fellas? What is hanging going out?
1: Here? Hanging, hanging out. out,
0: hanging out. I dig it. I dig hanging it. Out. Just yeah. laying
1: down after a long day's work, reminiscing about tweetception yesterday.
0: <laughs> How are those shelves going, by the way? they're up (laughs) barely (laughs) (laughs) Got some bubble gum and some
1: (laughs) Annabelle had to had to uh you know finesse them as i don't think i was doing a good enough job okay so yeah you
0: gotta have the i'll go back
1: i'll go i'll go back to help helping or not helping but uh fixing up my unlevel shed that i built All right. So what you're saying
0: is OSHA will not pass your shed.
1: (laughs) I will not let OSHA onto my property.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll be sure to make an anonymous phone call here in the next hour or two. Absolutely. I'll be right back. But um, guys, you you feel ready for these questions? I feel like we have a good set list and you feel prepared because... For the first time in a while, I've prepared and actually have notes ready. So I know that's crazy to hear from me. So I'm that's probably the first time I made some notes. Yeah, you sent the notes in the group chat. I was like, "That's pretty goddamn detailed." So yeah, and then you right. didn't read them. Empty I, page. I, empty page. Oh, Murph got the empty page. No it's notes. It's all up it's here. All in the
2: head. Mm. It's, all, it's all up in here. Mm. vast vast oh. knowledge of nothingness. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we decided, guys, uh, prior to recording, that we're going to lead off with the Bubba question, and that is brought to you by Bridge to Bucktober podcast. And the guys asked, will this be the last year Bubba Chandler is a hitter? And do you think this slows down pitching development by splitting time with defense and hitting? And Nola, I know you said you were pretty Bubba heavy in your notes, so I'll let you lead. Um, and then me and Murph will follow with comments.
1: Well, um, I guess uh, my my heavy Bubba notes are more leading to a future question, but um, the way I see it, and I think they already, this may have already been relayed to Bubba. And I think, you know, they already began his development with the understanding that it's like, we'll let you keep hitting as long as it doesn't. Get in the way of other development. Yeah. And I think so far they've been doing well with it. I mean, the hittings, personally, I still remember one of the first videos I saw of him taking cuts at the plate. Wasn't and bad. my first thought was, I don't think he's going to be lasting there long. It was not a very pretty swing. Yeah. It looked a little better, but I still don't know how well it's going to progress. And if he's at the point where he's, Absolutely dominating on the mound, but then just atrocious at the plate. I feel like they will kind of ax it to like maybe fewer times a week, once a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already seen that like his uh, draft year, because he was playing shortstop a couple times.
0: I think he played like two or three times. I think the rest was D. Yeah, and,
1: and I don't think he played it in the field a single time last year so I think even there already it's like all right you know fielding is that's just another thing you have to worry about in a week's regiment so yeah I think we'll see it's just it's going to largely be dependent on how wide the gap becomes between hitting and pitching
0: yeah no I I agree (laughs) with that um And I I put in my little notes here that not everyone can be Shohei Otani. And that's okay. You don't have to be that. That's a generational talent. (laughs) And, you know, you can't can't compare one player to a generational talent because then he's just going to suck compared to that guy. And me personally, I like Bubba the pitcher more than I do Bubba the DH. I think Bubba can be more effective on the mound. And Murph, I know you've paid more attention to Bubba on the mound and you've done breakdowns and things of that sort. What have you seen from Bubba in terms of his arsenal and his approach on the mound? So I think Bubba may have
2: the best fastball in, in the system right now, you know, upper 90s. There's a lot of movement on it. He's still working on the control and command and stuff like that. But I mean he's 19, can't really expect anything else other than that. The 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 secondary stuff they're definitely more on the raw side, yeah. but you can see the potential with them. So you can see, and as the season kind of went on, you can kind of see him getting a little bit tired, but you saw a little bit of progress too with those breaking pitches, with the, he started throwing the change up a little bit more on that. So he made a lot of progress um, on the mound. He made a little bit of progress hitting as well. Still looked a little overpowered more than you would want to see from someone like that. But again, he's 19. He's, this is his first time focusing on baseball and just baseball. You would expect there to be growing pains, but um, <clears throat> I don't think we'll see him in the field anymore at that point. So I don't think we'll ever have to worry about the defense. That Once you put him out there in shortstop and making throws and stuff like that, then that just kind of throws off the, his whole throwing routine and stuff like that. And I don't think that's, the that Pirates aren't going to, allow that to happen um I think the DH thing will kind of it'll just kind of solve itself at some point and Nola kind of you know talked about it briefly just it's it'll I feel like it will just end up start slowly and towards the end of the season with Bradenton like he would have the day after that he pitched and the day before that he pitched off from hitting and then those other games he would he would go to, um, be the DH I think like this year coming up you'll kind of know when that's coming that they may be getting ready to pull the plug because it'll start going down it'll be like three or four times a week down to you know until finally he just stopped dh'ing and then that's just kind of your clue that okay well now the focus is completely on the mound now yeah
0: and i was just
2: i was
0: also Carson just thinking we're thinking hmm.
2: I you can probably make a case for him to go i mean they've been they've been so aggressive with so many of their other guys who are not as highly touted as, as he is. I mean, if you, if we saw Hudson head get pushed up to, to Greensboro, Escato get pushed up to Greensboro, I don't see why they don't push. And part of that too, part of the reason why they could make a case that they went so heavy with the college pitching is like, you have a lot of support there to kind of ease them into it as well. If you really want to manage his innings early on to, to ramp him up um but i don't it, it would be as much as i think he, it wouldn't hurt him to start in bradenton i think it'd be more of a surprise if if he didn't just get the jump straight to greens at, at this point i was thinking That's like, i mean just... even
1: even uh jared jones had like a mid four era in his year in bradenton so yeah, yeah and he's still was... if,
2: if, if they're high on high on a kid they'll, they'll they had no problem just sending yeah. him to the next level let them work on it and and you know, there's there's a reason they put, they gave him such a big bonus, and I think that would be it.
0: So, yeah, no, yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Nola. Go ahead, man. What were you gonna say? No, the one other
1: minor thing I was gonna say too is that um, when it comes to the fielding, I also think that there is a slight potential that. He could return, and it's more of a matter of. I mean, we got to remember he is only 20 years old, so he's still pretty raw and not fully, you know, physically developed. And as he becomes more mature, more physically capable, they probably could begin giving him some innings to where the arm is uh, better developed to recover from something like that. Whereas
0: as young as he is,
1: you know, you want that arm to have its full capability every time he pitches as opposed to maybe getting some extra stress from throws. So yeah, I wouldn't say it's completely out of question yet either.
0: Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, that kind of transitions into the next question that we have, and that's from Yark. He he actually has a two-part two question. The first part that we're going to get into uh, deals with Uh, The Pirates' most recent international signing, Shim, uh, out of Asia, Um, can hit 100 miles an hour, has an advanced tool belt, advanced approach, and it seems like a pretty big signing for the Pirates. And Nola, I know you wanted to lead this as well uh, with your Bubba notes. So go ahead, man.
1: Well, so a lot of the issue with international scouting is it's a, we don't, I guess, have as much data necessarily as we would with like the stateside kids. And that's like, when you talk about like kids from like the DR Venezuela, you know, you're scouting 14, 15, 16 year olds, and you don't know what they're going to grow into. Right. You don't know. I mean, O'Neill Cruz added what, five inches after he's joining pro ball and he was, he was already big and he added another like five inches. Yeah. So, but with someone like Shim. I mean, he's effectively last year would have been his draft year. And he turns 19 in April. So this will be his first year. And I'm, I'm assuming he goes a full season ball. Greensboro, maybe. Bradenton, maybe. We can maybe touch on that a little further. But, I mean, at 18, he's already 6'4", 215 pounds. Yeah. And as we already mentioned, I mean, I'm not – Saying he's Shohei Atani, but he's already as big as Shohei Atani. Atani is 210. He's a big boy, and he's only eighteen. And he's only eighteen. Right. And so, I mean, he could be a lean. I mean, that might be his maxed out. We don't know, but he already has four pitches that are all said to be plus potential. Yeah. John said he actually they. They updated that he touched 101, and they're saying he's a strike thrower. So command control isn't so much an issue. Now, where Bubba comes into this, this is where I was saying, you know, we have a lot more background with like high school kids stateside. He was 6'2", 200. He had four pitches fastball, curveball, change up, slider, same four. He was throwing 92, 95, touching 97. And he was more of a, I don't, no, I think only like two of them were considered plus potential with, and they said working on command because of his arm, um, athleticism, he had a clean arm action, but, um, to me, I fit one of the other things too, is when I, I think it was Fangraphs talked about, they're like, you know, part of the issue with him is there's a much more projection, but I'm like, what more projections do you really need? He's 6'4, 215, already touching 101. When we talk about someone like a Chandler, it's like he has room to grow and could touch a 100. And it's like Shim's already there. Yeah. And then I also, in this, I'm going to include Solometto because, you know, he was a 6'5, 220 left hander high school kid. Big kid. So what I did, what's that? Big kid. Yeah, Yeah. and I I can't wait to see where his velocity is at the beginning this year. Yeah. But going back, so Fangraphs preseason had Bubba 10th, Solo 15th. Baseball America had Solo 11th, Bubba 13th. Their midseason updates, Fangraphs had Bubba 9th, Solo 13th. uh, And the B.A. midseason update had Solo 11th, Bubba 12th. And, again, this was going into their age 19 seasons. Yeah. So, in the end, to me, I feel with what Shim's physical size and the reports that have read about him so far, with it seems like a pretty advanced 18-year-old with four-plus potential pitches. I think, at minimum, he's top 15. And arguably, I think you could argue him into the top 10. And we'll see where he's at the end of this season. He's someone that could skyrocket pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned in the group chat that if Shim would start out in Bradenton, it might be kind of hard to gauge because he would just blow guys away. And we saw yeah, Jared I'm- Jones do that too. I think mm-hmm. so and Jared
1: Jones was someone with pretty poor command and control.
0: Right. And Shim's coming in with from reports, good control. Mm-hmm. fairly good control um and some of the reports i read on shim were he has two very good pitches right now i think it was what fastball and slider that had advanced, fastball curve there's fastball, fastball curve,
2: curve yeah. fastball curve they're saying and, we're at or
0: near plus already and his changeup mm-hmm. and slider were not if potential either. yeah mm-hmm. so at worst we're talking about a guy who could be a cody pitcher and dominate in that role <laughs> um, but he also has a potential to be uh, a more long-term starter. So mm-hmm. I think top fifteen is very fair. And you're right. I think ten top ten is there, but I think we'd need to see him actually pitch stateside before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Murph, did yeah. you have anything to add with Shin?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like. The, the hype's gonna be you know the excitement to, to get him over here and, and and get some actual eyes on him like the the amount of stuff that we've able been able to see is what maybe like six or seven pitches like maybe yeah. like a curveball here or there or something like that so we haven't seen much we're relying on a lot of reports here but like if if the reports are anywhere near true then yeah he like he, he's gonna be in the discussion as one of the top pitching prospects probably right out of the bat There'll be a lot of adjustments and stuff like that that, that you have to figure out. I remember um Po Chen. remember when he came up to Bradenton in 2021 at the end, he struggled a little bit with the control and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of felt like it was maybe had to do with the, you know, automated strike zone and, and stuff like that. So maybe a little bit of an adjustment period going on. But I mean, he seems, If, if like I said, if any of the reports are, Half true, like they, they have a pretty good arm on their hand here.
0: Yeah, and I think it it would be smart to at least start him out in Bradenton for two or oh, three yeah. starts, and then if he's I can see them taking uh, like the
2: route that they've gone with, I it, it probably seems like because his age and you know you can pretty much say that he would have been part of what like last year's draft class then then at that yeah. point yeah um so like take the route of any other high school kid that. They've drafted in the last couple of years. What like if the season starts in April, maybe mid to late May. Yeah, kind of to to if get he just into Bradenton 19 when the
0: season starts. Yeah,
2: yeah. So like I probably we probably won't see him to start the year in, in Bradenton unless they really feel like he's that far ahead of the game pitching overseas. But mm-hmm. I I would think probably like mid to late May like they've done with most of the other.
1: Mm-hmm. Most of the other high school so I, kids. I could definitely see extended spring training just to start it off, and then go from there. Get them kind of kind of build up, and because they, cause they
2: cause like even even at like the pro level overseas, it's like usually that they they're only pitching like once a week and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I know in Bradenton they they still kind of stick with the six man rotation to kind of ease in, but they'll probably want to like ease him in and build him, build his arm up and just to get into like their kind of routine that they want to see out of him. Yeah.
0: So. And, you know, that kind of transitions into our next question dealing with the international side of things. And it's coming from DILF Magic, baby. <laughs> DILF Magic. Um, and <laughs> d- despite the goofy name, it was actually a really good question. And it made me think uh, for a couple of days about it, you know. So, um, well, not couple, a day, since this was yesterday. Um, Five minutes. <laughs> and the question was, any insights into the Pirates' approach for international signings? It seems like they typically do a spray and pay spray and pray, excuse me, approach rather than heavy up on one guy. Does that work across the league? And has the DR facility paid any dividends? Are we the most invested in teams for Asian-born players? Now, I kind of wanted to touch on the Asian-born players aspect of it, where I was listening to a podcast from MLB Pipeline, and I actually wrote an article on it for PBN. And I think I titled it 12 seconds is enough for me as kind of a funny innuendo and you know, the all good and fun, but the 12 second snippet on that podcast dealt with the pirates and their investment into Asia and how it's actually been somewhat of a surprise and they've gone extremely heavy. And we've seen the pirates sign guys like Po Yu Chen, Shim, um, Hung Lang Chang and, uh, Sung Chi Chang and other guys, I think, come to mind as well. And I just can't think of their name. But, uh, you know, I think the Pirates are extremely heavily invested in the Asian market. And I think they're also invested in kind of the markets where you wouldn't think. I mean, you saw the Pirates sign a kid from Uganda uh, recently. So I think they're trying to go outside of the box and try to find these countries where maybe teams aren't heavily invested in and try to find that diamond in the rough. Um, which is a, a cool approach. I don't know if it's so smart as of now, but maybe it pays off. I saw, I think it was justice uh, for MLB.com posted a video on Twitter of uh, the kid from Uganda throwing pitches and he didn't look half bad. He looked very raw. Obviously, I think he's 17, maybe 18. So it it's interesting to see the pirates approach and I, I'm really excited to see how far they actually get into the Asian market and these other little small markets. Um, but I'll, you know, toss the rest of that question to you guys and then we can uh, kind of decipher uh, each section, especially the DR facility. Um, Murph, I'll let you lead with uh, those things and me and since I've Nola lead the other two. Uh, and okay. can.
2: So, like, the part of the
0: question there that
2: kind of sticks out to me is, like, the, the spray-and-pray thing kind of with signing players. I think to an extent, and you kind of saw it, like, league-wise, like, there's there a lot of teams to have, sign, like, upwards to 20 to 30 kind of people and stuff like that. So a lot of this is, yeah, when you're signing people at, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, and, like, you, you, you mentioned it earlier um, on, on the last segment about, like, kind of don't know what they're going to turn into. Right. Like we we don't know. So the best the best approach to that is, you know, just get as many of these guys in into the system and then let your development team kind of work and and hope that, you know, a couple of them stick. And I know it was uh, John on P2, he wrote like that really long series, like mapping out like what the percentages are of the hitters and pitchers and stuff like that, that actually graduate, make the majors and stuff like that. And it, it usually is like a toss in the pan of one of them actually panning out. I mean, we, we've seen – we're starting to see more of it now within the last couple of years. You know, Castro, uh, Luis Ortiz is the, the guy. the biggest one I'm thinking. Through there. Yeah. Um, when we talk about the agent market, Bay, he's up now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So we're, we're starting to see it. I don't think you, – you, it's never going to be – the international market never going to be a thing to where I would imagine that we're going to have 10 to 15 – homegrown players and 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 stuff like that it's it's more of a let's hope we can get a couple out of these things and and if we can get two or three on the roster or two or three kind of moving through the system it's great that's probably gonna yeah that's probably gonna be a plus a win for for and worth the kind of investments that they are making down there
0: yeah and i think i saw i think it was the astros that had the most success i think i read something about the astros Having the most, it was like that pipeline article that we were yeah. that they're like, yeah,
1: so well, they that, had like but yeah, I mean, two of their starters, it. and then two of like their starters this year in the World Series were uh signings, weren't they? I'm pretty sure they were. Um, they, they
2: haven't been a lot of guys that I think came through. I don't know how many of them like came up through the the their or like ever signed through their system because what is it, Jordan Alvarez? He, he was another one of those. We, we kind of robbed the dodgers for for a guy right
1: yeah although yeah, and it's yeah. funny because he actually never took a plate appearance for the dodgers he was traded before he ever played yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Probably,
1: probably should have held off on that one
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and the 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 dr facility was kind of interesting the uh aspect is it paying off and you know we've I don't know about you guys, but I've heard a lot that the pirates are investing heavily in the Dominican facilities and um, you know, the coaching and uh, I think Nola mentions a lot, the backfield play. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it was John and I brought this up several times, uh, John Draker of P2 uh, discussing the Dominican pitching coaches and how they've become, you know, a very good asset for the pirates and teaching these guys Mm -hmm. Uh, proper throwing techniques, and we've seen velo jumps. Um, I, I don't remember the prospect I was talking about, it might have been Joaquin Tejada or something, where he had a huge velo jump than what John expected. And John actually messaged me about him, or maybe it was someone else. But and then he delved more into it and he got into the Dominican pitching coaches. So I, I, I wouldn't say that it's paying off because, like we said, it's a crapshoot. But it definitely doesn't look bad. Um, it looks like it's promising, which I guess is the best you can get out of this. Promising, yeah, yeah.
2: And I think I think over the next couple of years we'll really start seeing it more because when you think about it too, um, like if if we're going just going like under Cherenkov and, uh, and stuff like that if we're if he's signing these kids at 16, 17, it's going to be a couple of years before we even start seeing them in full season ball. And, and so like, we're like, we're now just now probably at the point to where you would think theoretically if, if Charrington signed someone at 16, it, when he first took over that, you're probably just now going to start seeing them carry over into like either in the United States or in full season baseball, Bradenton and stuff like that. So I think, over the next couple of years. And there are a couple of guys that came through that s- system that I, I would say that I'm pretty high on.
0: That- was Polanco uh Charrington signing, Shalen? Yeah.
1: That's yeah. what I So, thought. Polanco would be one. Um, well, that's what I'm trying to think. was Because what, what I was going to say is I, I feel like they previously did more of the spray and pray. And mm-hmm. in recent years, they've started to kind of uptick going for higher bonus kids.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's A like each of the last couple of years, they've really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But 20, I was I like 2. 2. 6. Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah, I mean, they then too. I, I don't know if it's the, te- the way to te- technically say it. And, you know, they pretty much, I guess, stole Tony Blanco Jr. from the Rays. <laughs> Yeah. they had uh, your Donnie well, De Los Santos already signed. I mean, they've been handing out bigger money, but what I was going to say it, um, would be Christopher Cruz. I know he was a 19, 2019 international signing, but did he come before Huntington was, was let go or after? I can't remember, but I know, because he was like 900K. He was the same year as Po Yu Chen, and reports were not, Reports and box scores were not pretty last year at all for him. So he'll be interesting in case to see if he's back in FCL, if maybe they worked with him and got him to a point where, you know, they feel comfortable putting him in Bradenton. But I, I do think that they are stepping it up. And their facilities probably do help that a lot. You know, getting kids in at young ages, creating relationships with them, training them. Yeah. To the point that, you know, they are considered high-end athletes.
0: To answer your Cruz question, he was signed July 2nd of 19.
1: So he would have been just before Huntington got let go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Chen was October, I think. Hmm. Pretty sure. I
1: would say, but at least in terms of the, the Asian market, some of the numbers I've found, because, I mean, it's – I went out based off of Baseball America, and it seems like the data's kind of spread throughout. Um, but I mean, obviously, we got shimmed this year for 750k. Um Steel. I uh, found, yeah, I found three other kids on Baseball America. There was Hiroshi Takahashi, a 16-year-old that get this—he's born in Japan, raised in Venezuela, signed in the Dominican Republic
0: the Marlins sent around for
1: 42,000. Yeah. Phillies <laughs> Philly signed a 20-year-old Taiwan kid for 400k. Giants signed a Taiwan kid for 650 for uh, the 22-23 period. There was the Pirates signed Chang out of Taiwan. The Cardinals signed some Wong, one Bin Cho, some 17-year-old outfielder from South Korea. He's actually a pretty big kid, and they were calling him the potential five tool kid. The 21 22, there was nothing. 2021, there's Chen and one other kid out of Taiwan, shorts up for the D backs. <laughs> 19 and 20 was Chang and this other kid, uh, Kaido Yuki, the Royal sign out of Japan, right handed pitcher. So it seems like there's some here and there. Uh, from the Asian countries, but it does seem like the Pirates are the ones that are more consistent in trying to find players from there.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, that we discussed, I kind of want to transition into this now. Um, I think it was Ethan Fisher brought up the question uh, and, you know, this deals with Ortiz. He said, rank Priester, Burroughs, Ortiz by how many starts they will make for the 2023 Pirates. And I think it's a pretty simple list when I think right. about it. I think Ortiz, Burroughs, Priester, that's my rankings. I think Judson brought it up on Twitter, just reverse it. And I i don't – maybe we see Priester in 23 towards the end of the season, kind of like get the Rowanzi treatment that he got uh, towards the end of the season. I think it was in, what, 21? So, mm, I don't know. Priester kind of scares me with his injury proneness um that we've seen I I don't know um but that's my list as as of right now Ortiz Burroughs Priester um, is that how you're feeling Murph because I, I feel like that's a pretty obvious choice but maybe you might stray from the path and be spicy like
2: I can see a scenario where I'm, I'm with the way that the rotation is setting up and the depth to it. I don't think there's a doubt that Ortiz more than like injury injuries aside. I don't think it's kind of set up to where I believe, I think Ortiz is the the next guy that gets called up at this point. Yeah. So I, I, I would, it'd probably be the easy thing to say that um, Ortiz would be next. I, I guess just for the fact that, that Burroughs is also on the 40 man too, that probably makes it the easy answer. But yeah. part of me, part of me feels like, like deep down, like yeah, there's no rush in getting Quinn to the majors because, like, you don't technically have to until the off season. So, like, if 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 you need to keep him in Triple A all year to kind of work on things, I mean, there's no pressure to do it. But also, I do like it's very obvious from the way he's talking. I've seen like with interviews and yeah. just knowing how he is. It wouldn't surprise me if if Quinn just comes out there and he's just lights out and he's just all sorts of driven and he he has his goal in mind and he's not going to let anything stop him to where like may, maybe he leapfrogs and gets into the picture before Burroughs. and you talk about injury history as well like you yeah know, Burrows, Mike yeah. Burroughs has been hurt and each he's missed a couple months each of the last couple of seasons too yeah.
0: So, do we I, see I think someone before Burrows and be, Priester, Though I was thinking that route too.
2: I think I think there's a slight chance. I think if I was going to bet on it, I would go Ortiz, Burrows, Priester. Just yeah. just for the sake of the fact that
0: that's the question. 40 man, yeah,
2: you have to add add, add Priester. inside that tells me that watching and knowing what I know about Quinn Brewster, I mean, I'm, this isn't to say like Mike Burrows isn't a driven dude too, because he, I know for a fact he is too. Those two are going to compete. And even if Mike is the de facto next call up, they're going to be, they're going to be in all sorts of competition onto who deserves it next kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if like Quinn gets more starts at the end of it, to be honest.
0: Okay, that's that's kind of spicy. I, I like it because Quinn Quinn does have that tunnel vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he gets,
2: you know, he he sees the light at the end of the tunnel now, and he's just going to go barreling straight for it. Yeah, and it's going to be hard to hold him back at at some point. I feel like yeah, it's just the matter of when.
0: Yeah. And you know, with the sinker that he's brought in that he likes more than the four seam, pirates love sinker boys. You know, it's yep. yeah, it, it's a possibility. Nola, are I you? Love, on? I more love those sinkers and two seamers. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess, which it'll be interesting because this will kind of lead into uh, our P two discussion tomorrow. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think Ortiz will. Let's say, barring anything like health issues pop up or anything like that um i do believe ortiz is easily the number one just because he's already been up he'll he'll probably be one of the first to call to you know unless they decide to go to tyler chatwood first for a start
0: i forgot all about Um, (laughs) Chatwood.
1: yeah i know i keep forgetting (laughs) He's, he's 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 the vet guy on the minor league side probably but um he's this year's Jared Eichhoff. but from there, I think it's going to come a lot down to where Priester's stuff stands going into next year, because then, again, leading into something, you know, that's going to be discussed a little bit in tomorrow's P2 discussion, or I guess today's, when this will air too, uh, talking about, you know, like, Ready for big league stuff. And I feel like Burroughs has the more MOB ready arsenal with his fastball and uh, curveball, where I think Priesters gonna, might still be tweaking as he's been more of like a pitch to contact type pitcher. And this off season with working with his sinker, seeing where that has gotten to. But as Murph was mentioning, you know, he is definitely one of those, you know, tunnel vision. He's going to work, 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 work. Yeah. And, and and I know that was one of the big uh, stories on Priester when he was drafted was just, you know, he and it's, you can actually say the same thing about Burrows that they were both like high, loved watching like YouTube videos, mechanical and just kind of like side sessioning their own mechanics, you know. Yeah. Just like self self development, so it's going to be interesting. But <laughs> I think I'm still going to go Ortiz Burrows Priester.
0: Yeah, or we can all agree Ortiz is the consensus number one out of that. Yeah, I, I will say I will
2: say that also. If you want to get super spicy, I can I see people. I can see a scenario I can see a scenario where Bur- Burrows makes more starts next year than Ortiz. Just on the fact is that we know Ooh. how there's certain situations in which Ortiz struggles. And if that mm-hmm. changeup doesn't come, and that fast uh, the fastball, like Tim even brought it up too, he the fastball is hittable at times, regardless of the velocity too. Yeah. And he struggles against lefties, So there is a scenario where he walks into to camp. That changeup really didn't develop. Next thing you know, they need a sixth guy, and it's Mike Burrows, and not Luis Ortiz.
1: Hey, hey, Spencer Strider didn't need no damn changeup. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. Ortiz. But I, I,
2: I will say on like on the Burrows and Priester thing, the fact that they're finally going to be pitching in the same rotation because everything I've heard, like they the with just how super competitive both them are, to how much they're going to push each other that I think, like, the payoff long-term with that is going to be awesome. So they just missed each other last year. Like, Quinn got up to to, Altoona, like, right when Burroughs got pushed to to Indy. So they just missed out on that. And I think one of them made a comment about that, too, somewhere, to where, like, they were looking forward to pitching together on the same team again. So the fact that they're going to be in Indy together, I think it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah. And just so everyone knows, Ortiz
2: is a Cody pitcher. Absolutely, he's
0: a Cody pitcher. Yes, he is. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like, like we'll Noah said,
2: I'll Spencer Schreider didn't need a change it. We'll also see how that pays off long-term as well.
0: That's what I'm saying. Long-term, he's a Cody so, pitcher. I mean, Tyler, 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 Tyler Glass now would like a conversation with you. Tyler Glass now would like a conversation with all of Pittsburgh media because he just shit on everybody in Pittsburgh. <laughs> fair yeah. and, fair yeah. enough, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Fair it's enough. kind of deserved yeah um now let's let's transition to this question from tyler hernley and we discussed this it's got, probably going to be a very short answer uh well first he asks about lonnie white's development i haven't heard anything from lonnie white i kind of forgot he existed for a minute um I'm, i know Murph, uh, that's your point. i'm
2: gonna I'm need i'm gonna I'm have to have a word with you when this is over i'm just saying
0: like he, gonna gonna disappeared. Right there. he disappeared he disappeared He's been hurt <laughs> for how long? How long is this dude hurt? He was, he was as out. long he as Brian Malone, was, right? And I feel so bad. I feel so bad, but like there's no development on Lonnie White, Tyler herney I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the the main part of his question was deals with Andy Rodriguez, and he asks how bad of a spring would Andy need to have to not make the opening day roster. We all know they want to super two him, but I don't see how they can consider how he's played at every level. And Tyler, I hate to disappoint you, man, but as Murph said uh, pre-record, Andy could hit a thousand and have every hit be a home run, and he'd still start in AAA. That that's just how it's gonna be. He it's,
1: could be this year's version of Kevin Newman, and he ain't
0: he ain't coming north. No. No, he's not gonna hit. He could hit seven fifty. What what Kevin hit like seven fifty? I think it was. He said something stupid. It was yeah, yeah, was
1: ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah, and Andy's gonna start in AAA. And uh, Derek Shelton has said it. I think Ben Charrington has said it. They're not gonna start the major league level, barring injury. If injury happens, maybe we see. It. And we'll, that's we'll, probably. We'll see. Even we'll,
2: we'll see a waiver wire pickup that. Of a guy who's bounced around for 15 years or something like that. And he will be the backup at that point. Jv. Indy can go. Austin Hedges and Tyler Hanneman can both go down with injuries. Yeah. And, we and they lose. would call up Carter Benz. It would be Carter Benz. We will have a Carter Benz and Jason DeLay starting
1: uh, catcher back there. They will, re- they will to start reacquire the Josh Van Meter
0: first <laughs> to play catcher before Andy gets called up. And it, it's not to make fun of your question, Tyler, at all. I, I get, I get the it's, first it's, one. it's. We're
2: using this to hide the pain of the fact yeah, that it's, it's, it's not going to happen. Like as much as we want it to happen,
1: yeah. the, the way it, the way it is, just because of you know the system, the pirates organization, all that is that Andy is far too valuable to the long term. Success and of this team that there, there probably still is some at least minor developmental things he can work on, even though people think he could probably be a ten war Gold Glove catcher right now. Steamer thinks he could be a five war guy over 162 games. Yeah, so there's probably is still some minor developmental things he could work on, but also I mean there's obviously the whole control issue. Yeah. Where without without is... go,
2: going too far in, down that rabbit hole on there, because that's, that's one, a touchy su- subject, the whole service time thing, and two, it's just frustrating beyond belief with it. I do believe that at some point they will look into maybe doing that, but that's more, that would have to more align with uh, you know, having someone that they think can really help the team right away. Mm-hmm. And they're in more of a position to win that season where they can yeah. afford to lose if he doesn't if he doesn't win rookie of the year or doesn't qualify anything to get them picks, and they still lose the the year of control, it's not gonna hurt him because they were playing to win at that point.
0: Now Nola, I know never... that's
2: just not something that we're looking at in twenty so like mm-hmm. let's say it may Andy may not be that the guy that breaks that barrier, but more Johnson might be that guy. A couple yeah. years down the road, it, they might be in such a great position that they think, "Okay, well, Tamar can really help us jump out the gate." So and they could. So
1: the roster is filled out enough that you know they could carry a struggling second baseman that's exactly getting acclimated to the majors. Yeah. And, and no, then, I,
2: we've seen Nick Gonzalez bounce all over the infield yeah. uh, over the last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I know you and Ethan wrote an article on P2 about it. Now, would Andy qualify for that extra draft pick? Uh, I mean,
1: I think we can all but assume that he's going to be on Pipeline and ESPN's top 100, so he would, yes. Okay. But, that, but to further that, uh, with BAs out already and how much hype he's been getting, I have to believe that Luis Ortiz will be as well on either of those two, one or the other, or both. And technically, he would qualify <laughs> for, for a PPI pick then. So if he the, were to- It has to be two either, of the three, right? Yeah, it has to be two of the three okay, at least. And less than, uh, it, was, it wasn't 45, it was 50, 60 days, I think. It's less than 60 days of service time and be on two of those lists and you have to be up either opening day or within like the first, I think like week or two weeks. So technically Luis Ortiz could qualify if they call him up soon enough.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And, and you brought up the fact that you basically have to have a Julio Rodriguez and some luck in order for this to work out. So <laughs> yeah. do you find this rule kind of stupid in terms of them trying to prevent service time manipulation?
1: Yeah. After, after Ethan and I did all the research and wrote that article, um, it doesn't really feel like much of an incentive. Yeah. Like, unless you, unless you have a just ridiculous Julio Rodriguez. Cause I mean, Adley Rutschman got injured. So, and then by the time he was healthy again, it's like, well, we're not going to hold him off until 2023. Just so yeah. we could be like, ah, well maybe we'll win a pick now. It's like, we're just going to call him up and let him play, even though, He's not going to be eligible for a PPI pick in the next three years now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Plus, he would have had to beat out Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I. There's still so much
2: randomness that, into going. Like it's it's almost never the guy you expect to win. Like for, yeah. I mean, who 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 would have thought Michael Harris would like? Like he
1: was play, he well, was and, playing in what
2: high high, high and last year?
1: Brendan Donovan was second or third, third. Yeah.
2: Who the who the heck was Brendan Donovan? Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
2: So I mean it's Travis, so much of a crap shoot it on seventh it. Seventh round
1: out yeah. of South Alabama. Yeah. Like who Travis
2: Laggarty. It doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to, <laughs> it make sense to, to do it. I, I think they'll do it eventually, but yeah.
0: Well, to, to piss someone off who's listening right now. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, this is for you, Yark. (laughs) Your last question and our last question, uh, of the pod. And this deals with, uh, Murph's boy, Carmen Majinski. Um, the question was, why is Carmen Majinski going to take huge strides as starting pitcher in 23? Um, and the second part deals with Owen Kellington and I'll dive into a little bit of that, but Murph, I know it kind of leads into your, uh, your P2 stuff, so let's discuss Carmen Majenski a little bit here. So I will tell you why Carmen Majenski will break
2: out this season Tuesday. (laughs) When the article (laughs) drops.
0: (laughs) Oh, cliffhanger. Murphy, that's what the cliffhanger. But,
2: but, um, his stuff, like, going back and watching his video, it it just looks like someone who's just trying to find himself like someone who Mm -hmm. like how best he's going to go about doing it talking about what kind of role he's going to be in how he best to attack hitters um towards the end of the year and it's it's like a confusing thing too because like we'll see an article come out about how he wants to scrap like the two seam and just throw the four seam and then like the two best starts i've seen him throw this year he was attacking hitters with a two seam up high in his own so, like, that's, that's why it's like, you know, is he just trying to find himself the best way to do it? He wants to explore all avenues, which I'm 100% for. Like, if, if you feel if, – if you want to try this out in AA to see if it works, give it a shot. That's cool. If it doesn't work, you know something
1: else is going to work. Well, because he was throwing, what, the high 90s two-seaming the Cape Cod when they drafted him. Then he scrapped it uh-huh. for the four-seam. Then he brought it back, and then he scrapped it again. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of been – the some of the worst
2: starts I've seen him make, he didn't throw a single two-seamer the, that entire game. He starts incorporating the two-seam a little bit more. I – his last start of the season, he had like eight or nine ground ball outs that were just so weakly hit that, like, he, he they tied the hitter up, and it, I would love to see the exit velocity on them because there wasn't much exit velocity coming off the bat with it. And, and the slider played so much better off of the two seam. His, his changeup—I don't know if it's a splitter, but it looks like a splitter. The the way it just like dives, and he started being able to throw that against righties as well. And it just kind of changed everything as well. If if he the, two of the last three starts, he took that kind of approach. If he takes that into next year, I would probably say that's that's why that's that's why he breaks out. Because he so, finally figured out
0: how. So two things here. One, are you saying the two seamer is magic? Does the two seamer yeah. fix pitchers? I, apparently so. You are going to fuck. You are going to pull off. You are going to pull sinkers. off your face, and you uh, are going to be Ray searage Is Ray Seeridge a bear? What's going on? No, he, no, he's
2: under. He's under that that uh, Oscar Marine mask.
1: Already, <laughs> Murphy is in fact not a bear. He is Ray Seeridge. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> And you know the second part, and there there was a bit of a heated, not heated, but there was a bit of a discussion of is Majinski a starting pitcher or is he? And that, that's what I think too, Nola. I don't think he's a starting pitcher at all. I don't. Th- um, I don't think obviously.
1: he's gonna go. I don't think he's gonna be go to pee pee into games. Um, <laughs> and, and and part of that I too think is that. I think he didn't show enough progress to the point. I mean, he could be someone to get held back maybe into double A, but it's getting pretty congested to where, I mean, it's hard to say he's going to get a spot in Indy. So. Yeah. The roster's
2: filled out pretty quickly. If, if you have any kind of. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, for the fact of one, keeping some depth when it comes to your prospects, who's starting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Majinski and Kyle Nicholas both start backing out soon. Mm-hmm. That's almost know, the only way that you're going to get them innings at this point. And mm-hmm. then the people, like like the people coming up from Greensboro, it I mean, probably they, would be easier because there's not going to be that many probably yeah. that that comes up. Demanding a rotation. Style.
0: Double A is triple A. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Is Majinski going to get the tenaj Thomas treatment? Move to the back end of the bullpen. Like, towards- I think
1: he's get more of the JC Flowers
2: treatment. I could see. I, I would see more of a JC Flowers thing than than a uh, tenaj Thomas. Two, three, I'll, maybe. I will maybe say, four like, if he's dealing. Based off of what? Based off of what Tenage told Tim. And, and, and then I, I wrote an article about it. Tanaj kind of has it in the back of his mind of a potential to where he may throw multiple innings again next year, even into starting. Because this, this year, I probably don't like it, probably not, but the bullpen move was part part of the thing to kind of align everything.
0: Mm.
2: Now that things are aligned, we'll see.
0: Not a fan. Not a fan. We'll
2: see. You don't like anyone starting.
0: <laughs> no, I like people starting. I just You don't, don't no, like, you don't like ex-
2: anyone starting.
0: I just don't like You want women, to start in the fifth know. inning. <laughs> don't you extend want to start it. In the fifth inning. Cody said
1: Shim's already a reliever. At worst. You're already talking about great. Shim as re- a reliever.
2: <laughs> Who's a starter? Nobody is a <laughs> starter. <laughs> Who's a starter? Josh Van Meter.
0: Josh Van Meter is a hell of a starter. You should have seen his uh... – his pitching tools against Yadier Molina. It was great. His, his saw it firsthand. E- <laughs> saw it firsthand. It was amazing. 45 miles an hour down the pipe. No one's hitting that shit. <laughs> um, and that, that goes into the last part of the question, Owen Kellington. And Yark, to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell to expect out of Kellington. Um, I'm going to talk to Owen and I'd say about a week or so. Uh, on Saturday, I'm supposed to message him and we're going to set up a date for an interview. So I may be able to give you more information now. What you laughing at there, Nola?
1: Interview or meeting? Uh,
0: you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure on the, uh, the phraseology that I should use. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm going to have to check the dictionary uh, to make sure I'm not crossing any lines or, you know, offending anybody here. But um, it's an interview slash meeting uh, with Kelly. checking his notes. <laughs> a blank piece of paper. Uh, look at that. It's half past a freckle. I got to go. Look at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot on Kellington. I, I would expect better than what was it? A 10.10 ERA and very short amount of time that he pitched in the FCO. <laughs>
1: He pitched like eight innings,
0: right? Yeah.
1: If, if that, if that.
0: Yeah, he was that's played probably, from the 70s.
1: More think. than uh, Ryan Harbin threw in
0: his first, what, two years? And yeah, you're not wrong. It's not hard. Not wrong with that. It's not very hard. Him and Brennan Malone right now are fighting for uh, most time uh, for playing. that ice bath. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting. He had 10 today.
2: innings. Exactly 10 innings last year.
0: Exactly Double 10.
2: Digits. Exactly <laughs> 10 innings. He struck out 15. But he also walked nine.
0: I mean, he's high school kid, so I mean. you know,
1: Completely random, but you you know who I really want to see where they start out next year? Alessandro Ercolani. That's what I want to see.
0: The Italian wonder boy.
1: hmm Wilbur has said some nice things about him.
0: You were hyped yeah, about Herculani a couple years ago. I remember he was like, what was he seventeen or eighteen? He was in the FCL already or something. Yeah, he, yeah, he
1: was like sixteen, seventeen, already pitching in the FCL. Yeah. Or, yeah. It Granted, F- it's probably probably because you know he's from Italy and they weren't going to some of the Spanish speaking countries, so might have had something to do with it. But he, I mean, pitched pretty well, and he's got some size to him
0: and. Wilbur said he looks like he could really add some more ticks to his fastball. So, Never seen him pitch. I've seen maybe one video when he pitched for Team Italy. I think it was one I, it's on the
2: It's on the YouTube page.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, or, I, I mean, I'd have to really go back um, or just ask him because uh, there was a point during one of the, like, game threads where they do for, like, the minor league side. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Wil, Wilbur was at the game sending posting clips of the pictures
0: okay okay wilbur the only guy
2: <laughs> I, I would love to get down there to get some of the fcl games and get some video on that because that i feel mm. like that would be huge you know wilbur's climbing nothing. the fences he's climbing the fences <laughs> with his phone <laughs> give me the audio give me the video
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah Yark. um on Kellington, I have no idea, dude. I, I expect him better than what he was last year in those 10 innings. But other than that, I have nothing until I've had the meeting or interview. Um, still haven't gotten word on. I'm, I'm waiting for my source to get back to me on the meeting interview word. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, guys, it, it was uh, it was pretty fun answering all your questions. I'm kind of sad you didn't give us any AMAs. Uh, we, we needed to figure out if Murph was really a bear or not um i mean you didn't even ask me about my shower routine like come on man i, I want to i I not ever
1: know if murph is in fact a bear or ray searage
0: or oscar marine as ray searage we'll, we'll never know we've never seen all three of these men in the same room that's your story that's you true story definitely can say that <laughs> But um, do we have any other uh, little tidbits? Uh, Murph, you got any rants to get off your chest before we uh, give out the socials and end the podcast, buddy? I did.
2: I did. Okay. But then my ADHD brain, I forgot it.
0: Uh-oh. It's gone. Uh-oh. There so yeah, we go. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, New York. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. Um, I
2: have nothing.
0: Okay. Stay in school. Stay... Well, yeah, I always there have you to stay uh nola any uh words of wisdom nola knowledge
1: um i guess nothing more than mentioning my superiority to murph of hitting 200 followers before uh <laughs> murph got 200 listen. subscribers on youtube <laughs> listen i'm at 192
2: you had like a five and okay. i had to get i
1: had to get like 30 something and i still
0: Came that. So, uh, still, uh, I
1: don't. Uh, as as the one guy said, my my Twitter account that has been around since I don't know was it 2014. Although I didn't really use it until I don't know 19 or 20. And Even <laughs> then, I was just was just yelling about things like about how much I don't like Casey Dismith. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Fucking happy feet in the net. That's all you said about Casey, man. That's all you were talking about with me with Casey. Oh,
1: man, I just watched some of the goals he's
0: given up, and I'm
1: like, oh, come on, man.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, before we continue to ramble on for another four hours, we're going to get out our socials and uh, end the podcast. So, as always, you can give me a follow on Twitter at 2HG013. Uh, you can follow my work on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Um, recently wrote an article about Dari Moretta, kind of forgot about him. Uh, He was a part of the Kevin Newman trade. I think everyone forgot about him. Um, Maybe the Pirates can fix his sinker, or maybe they can get rid of it and make him use the seam. I don't know, but you could read the article on Pittsburgh baseball now. Uh, Murph, give out your social. Any other projects you got going? You follow me on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88.
2: I'm um, working on, like I said, mentioned the Carmen Majinski breakdown should be out on Tuesday. Um, you can catch daily stuff for me on, on P2, my P2 daily drops every, usually at midnight, sometimes a little bit later. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I lost to NOLA at the race to 200, but we could still get to 200. We're, we're at, we're like at 90,000 views as well.
0: Everyone so, in the so, chat, uh, make Murph's punishment for not beating Nola. We need a Murph punishment for the next podcast. In the comments, give us what Murph has to do on the next podcast as his punishment right now. Break. Think about it. R- no, you can't talk Murph. You, can't talk. you can.
1: <laughs> he, he, he has to do the, he has I'm to do scared. the pre-pod videos. So people find out if he's a bear or not.
0: <laughs> Nola. Give out your social, man. Any other projects you got going on over there at P2? Uh, at
1: Nola Jeffy, um, I guess all we got going on is we got a new format for the discussion that'll be breaking t- today. Um, with Murph involved, it's a, it's a pretty good one, I think. A lot of context. A lot of context. It's probably going to be we'll, – we'll see how it gets edited, but – it's going to be a lengthy one with a lot of information and a uh, secret commenter
0: stepping in to join us. So, If there ain't 3,000 words in the article, I don't want it.
1: I mean, there, there's definitely probably that much in the... Uh, I, think Nola, I think Nola talks that much.
2: <laughs> I think Nola's close to 3,000 right. words on his own in this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot to say, man. I need to get one of those word counters for the podcast just to see how many words Nola has said throughout this entire session. I need to know.
1: Probably I'm going to go with about 92% of the words.
0: 92% of the All <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I, I'll take your word for that, man. And there's probably um,
1: about at least like six words in there of my son yelling Masha and also at me.
0: I, I heard him in the background a little bit. He, he, he interjected. He yeah, was he, he, he was a fan he of came running
1: in the door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, guys, as always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Um, it was really cool to see the the ratings uh, and the the review that was left on Apple Podcast. It was it was pretty cool to see. You know, as someone who didn't think that he could do this for a living, or on any of you two think you could do it for a living, it's it's kind of cool to see that our work is kind of touching lives in a certain way. I don't want to say we're (laughs) changing the world in any sense of the imagination, but it's pretty humbling to see. And, you know, we appreciate it and think about that Murph punishment before we end the show. Okay. Just think about it. We need one, but as always guys, we love you. And can we get this right now that Noel is back Murph, let's go, go bucks. You always.